Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Right. You're about to hear a recording of the third ever Films to be Buried with live, this time at the Old Market for part of the Brighton Podcast Festival. Shout out to Oliver and Louisa and Chris for helping make this happen, and thank you to the brilliant audience who did another incredible Q&A section. You will love it. There are a few cuts to this recording because we said a lot of stuff that's probably not allowed. And there was also a circle of trust in the room, so no one there will tell you what it was. Um, There's also extra material over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, including us discussing the best opening and best closing scenes of all time. Because it was so special, I've actually included one of the Patreon questions for everyone. Don't tell the Patreons though, okay? Anyway, if you do join the Patreon, that would be great. You can also help the show... If you remember to subscribe and give it a five-star review because it helps numbers, it helps me keep making it, blah, blah, blah. We can all keep doing this till we all die. Thank you very much. Last thing I need to tell you, I think, is that there's one bit where uh, Asim showed us a trailer from a film he'd made when he was a student. Obviously, you can't see it, so we just cut the trailer, but we have included chat about it. But trust me, it's incredible. Anyway, I think that's everything. So, shh, here we go. Live from the old market. Enjoy. Oh, oh, wait, I forgot one thing. I'm going to be doing a live Films to be Buried with with May Martin at the Marlowe Theatre in Canterbury on the 25th of July. That is part of the Marlowe Comedy Festival, I believe. I'll say that with more confidence. It is definitely part of the Marlowe Comedy Festival, 25th of July, Get your tickets on the website. It's going to be a cracker. Also, there's going to be another one on the 15th of August at the BFI, where I have a very special guest that I can't tell you about yet. Does that all make sense? I hope so. Anyway, here you go. Welcome to the live show at the Old Market. Shh, just get on with it. Here you go. Enjoy. Look out! That was fucking good. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, an organ grinder, and I love films. As Carl Sagan once said, there is a wide, yawning black infinity. In every direction, the extension is endless. The sensation of depth is overwhelming. The darkness, immortal. And yet within this emptiness, someone managed to make the film Bad Boys 2, so it can't be all bad. (laughs) Wise words from Carl. Um, 
Every week, I invite a special guest round. I tell them they've died. Then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most of them. This week, the episode comes live from the Brighton Podcast Festival here at the Old Market Theatre. There is an audience here. Look at them, aren't they pretty? And my special guest today is a BAFTA-nominated actor. He is a writer. He is an MC. He is a director. He is literally everything you've ever seen in the last year. And most of all, he is the inventor of peanut dust. Please, will you welcome to the show your friend of mine, Mr. Asim Chowdhury! My, my little waddle as I ran to the stage. I'm out of breath now. You, s- you smell gorgeous. Thank you. It's uh, Gucci. Guilty. It's actually called Gucci Guilty, and they go, what's that? I go, Gucci Guilty. <laughs> I don't get paid by them. Uh, welcome, Asim. Thank you very much for doing this. You're welcome. I love it. I love you, and I love you guys. I, I love you. I'm very, you. I'm very fond of you. Thank um, you. Asim and I uh, met on a show called Hoff the Record, uh, which you've never seen. And, uh, uh, and it's on Netflix, and it is a show, a mockumentary, where we play the entourage of David Hasselhoff. Mental. Uh, we did two years of it. The way I always describe this show is, it's much better than you think it is. Uh, it's really good, it but no good. one watched it. No one watched it, and we are very proud of it. And it is a very surreal show. Um, and we, I think we just we became best mates, and it was an amazing show. But yeah, fucking no one saw it, literally. <laughs> I mean, it won, a, it won an Emmy. It won an it won international an Emmy. Emmy, not the same. Uh, anyway, you, did a, you had a big old year, didn't you? You did Bandersnatch, Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah, how was, was filming 300 versions of <laughs> the I've same got, scene? It was mental. It was... It was just, you know, like, Charlie Brooker is a weirdo. Like, he's a genius, but he is. That mind is very weird. He's very normal in real life. Very normal. Um, but, yeah, his writing is insane. I remember when I got the script sent through, they sent it. It was like a fucking 600 pages. Because you do one scene, there's, you know, seven, eight alternatives. Yeah. And little things can change. But it has to be verbatim because yeah. it won't cut. Because it's like, you know, you have to make it look exactly the same. Did the script appear in order of... Well, this so is how a, did it look on paper? Well, this is the thing. It was a huge script, and then I literally spent the whole day reading it and doing all the, the options. And then the next day, she called me up, and she was like, um, did you get the online document for the script? And I went, no. <laughs> she goes, oh, we've got this document where you just click, and it just takes you to what scene. And I went, I've just fucking wasted four hours <laughs> reading it manually. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was, it was like, incredible, um, but very challenging. And... Like, I'm, I'm an improv guy. I'm, like, I'm all right with lines, but I like to just, you know, it's like jazz. I like to improv. Yeah. And um, <laughs> stay in those pockets, you know. I'm rolling my eyes. I say that really pretentiously. <laughs> it's the back of my skull. No, but um, there was one scene when we were doing Bandersnatch, and it was when I called up, and I'm, like, chasing for my game, you know, for, the, the, for Stefan. I'm like, where the fuck's my fucking game? And I was like, because I had to do that so many times, and I was screaming so much, I actually burst the capillary in my left eye. <laughs> And if you watch that back, I don't know how you, it takes ages to even get to that scene. <laughs> but if you watch it back, if you look at my left eye, there's like, it's really fucked. So it was really tough. But I, I'm like, it's a really cool thing to it's be part of. Cool, yeah, it was yeah. really cool. And I really fucked the audition up. I did. Um, <laughs> no, well, clearly not. <laughs> well, I did Taskmaster. And I, on the rap night, um, was the, the audition was after the rap night. So obviously I got smashed on the rap night. And then I only found out about the audition a few days ago. And I was like, I'll be fine. You know, like, like a cocky twat. And I went there and I fucked up so badly to a point where I was like, they were like, oh, 
do you want to give it another go? <laughs> oh, and then I just thought, okay, I'm not getting it. And then, you know, I was surprised, surprised I got it. And the director said something to me, David Slade, which I really appreciated, actually. And I said, he said, I, I went to him, I said, I went, how did I get this? Because I've really fucked the audition up. And he went, no, 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 you did. You really, <laughs> he goes, you really did. He goes, but I don't always cast for audition. He goes, I could see you could do the job. And he was like, I was confident you could do the job. So I was like, that was nice. Because, you know nice. what I mean? It's a lot of pressure, auditions, you know, it builds you up. So I was like, he cast for the person, not for the, the performance, which I think was, was nice. Yeah. Very nice. Doesn't happen for job interviews normally, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish that could apply to job interviews, but, yeah. Uh, and you've done lots of films. Do you prefer doing film or TV, or do you not mind? Is it all the same to you? Um, I think film and TV are getting so, like... Like, now, it's like you have the biggest stars doing TV. It's yeah. just obviously with, you know, with Netflix and all these kind of shows, I think it's like, you know, back in the day, it was like, <laughs> TV, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a little bit of like, oh, well, I'm actually doing movies, and it was like, but now it's like, you say TV, yeah. and it's like, well, it's just as good as films. Maybe better, I think. Maybe more accessible and more kind of digestible. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. a good TV series could, you know, it could, you could last longer, has, a, has more of longevity than one film. Maybe. I so don't welcome know. to this show about films. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck films. <laughs> A TV yeah. or mic? You, you've, you've literally failed at the first third. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just like TV. Uh, <laughs> you made a film, though, didn't you? You made a 20-minute film? Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I, I wrote a film. Um, I wrote the script about two years ago. It's like based on a true story. Yeah. Um, basically, I was at this stage in my life where all my mates were, like, married and, like, you know, like, wifeyed up or hubbied up, you know. Hubbied up. Does that work? It works. Um, and everyone was just really happy and like going to Ikea. And like, you know, just like, <laughs> I fucking hated it. And I remember I went out on one night and I can't remember where we were, like Latasca or some bullshit place. And literally the seating arrangement shout was out like... Shout Latasca. Shout out Latasca. <laughs> and the seating arrangement was like, you know, couple, couple, couple. And me right on the end, like lonely yes. wanker. And um, this girl was just like, when are you going to... Come on, ask him. When are you going to settle down? When are you getting, like, really in my face? And it was, she was Asian as well. And it was really like, come on, you know, like, you know we need to get some kids going. All this. There was just a lot of pressure. And I was just like, she, when she said settle down, I was like, well, that's the key word. It's like settle. Like, if I'm, I don't want to settle. Why, why settle? It's like compromising. And I know, like, you know, we, well, I'm from London. It's like, and even Brighton. It's like, sometimes you're, there's so much out there. It's like, you know, the whole, um, is it, I can't remember the fig tree story where you're waiting for each fig tree. You've got so many and then they all wither and die. It's like you're, you're confused by so much of the options. It's almost too much out there that you get confused and then you're just like, oh, fuck, I'm l- alone. You know what I mean? Can I buy the film rights to the fig tree story? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never heard yeah. it. We'll get off Are in they it. available? We'll get off in it. Okay. But anyway, I got, an, I got in an Uber and I was really like, I was smashed and I was like, ah, and I felt really like shit because I was just like, everyone's so happy and I'm like, you know, I'm doing well in my career and I'm grateful for that. But it's like, you know, if you can't share that with anyone, it feels a bit like walking home alone with a bath and just being like, well, what do I just look at it and wank? Like, what do I do with it? Do you know what I mean? There's a hollowness yeah, to it. And it's kind of like, you it know... It must be absolutely caked, that thing. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's easy clean. Um, it's real, girl. <laughs> jumped in an Uber. Yeah. Thinking it was a normal Uber. Um, and then a girl came into the Uber, and I was like, "What are you doing? Let's go. It's my Uber." And then she, and then the driver was like, "This is an Uber bull idiot. It was a proper bastard." And he was, and I was like, "Uber what?" I go, and then she. He, then anyway, met this girl, like fell in love within like fifteen minutes, right? And then um, exchanged numbers. Like everything was just like you know when everything's like bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Everything was on point. It was like the conversation was ridiculously like you know effortless. 
And then she got out of the Uber. I had a car. I said, I'll give you a call, whatever. We'll go for a drink. Probably not Latasca, but somewhere else. And then I got out of the car, and then I had my Auxley detached on my phone. My phone dropped into a drain, right? Um, <laughs> I've never heard an audience and so upset. That's, <laughs> that's where the real story ended. But in my film, same thing happens, but his phone gets taken by a guy on a ped, robbed, because we thought even the drain story was really unrealistic, even yeah. though it happened in real life. We thought it's more, so his thing gets jacked. But instead of him being, you know, instead of me, I was normal. I was like, well, whatever, you know, it wasn't meant to be. He keeps on getting Uber pools to try and find her again. Yeah. And it's like a story about obsession and love and... And it's also one of those stories about, like, you know when you meet someone yeah. and you're, like, drunk and you're like, oh, my God, we had a, such a sick connection. Like, we just vibed. And then you meet him again. You're like, F- I fucking hate you. <laughs> it was that. It was that kind of, like, romanticized version. So you never saw her life. again. In real never, life. ever saw her again. Um, and, yeah, so I made a short film about that. And it's doing the festival. It's called Love Pool. And it's doing the festival circuit. So, yeah, I was really proud of Do that. Do you know her proper... name? Her name was Maddie. That's all I know. If so you're, if you're out there, if you're Maddie. you're listening, Maddie. I'm now have a girlfriend so so if, it, <laughs> so if you're listening maddie yeah. clock's ticking uh wow that's exciting yeah it's cool um oh shit <laughs> i forgot to tell you something go on oh no oh fuck oh shit i should have welcome to the stage david hasselhoff <laughs> Uh, no, I forgot to tell you something. I should have told you when you arrived to prepare you a bit, but... Fuck. Ah, uh, fuck it. I'll, do, I'll just tell you. Uh, you ah, God. Uh, I don't know how to word it. You, uh, you've died. You're, you're, you've died. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It must come as a bit of shock. Um, how did you die? Do you know how you died? Um, very complex wanking accident. <laughs> no. No one's no. surprised. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, okay, I... I have died yeah. mysteriously. Ooh. What I would love, I would love to go out. Yeah. Now, for example, I did this sitcom a few years back um, called High and Dry. No one saw it, Channel 4. But we filmed it out in the Seychelles, and it's basically like a comedy version of Lost. So on the way out there, we had to get like one plane, then a really, you know, one of the real small planes that you have to get to like, you know, kind of dodgy places. And we were there, and honestly, worst turbulence ever experienced. To a point where, you know, even when you look at the air stewardesses and they were kind of like holding on and like, I swear I saw one of them reciting like a little prayer. Yeah. But it didn't make me feel good. I was like, and I was like, we're going over to film a sitcom about a plane crash and survivors. And I thought, fuck, imagine if we actually died. Like, my <laughs> life would be a fucking punchline. Like, it would be a joke. My life would literally be a joke. Like, the death is the punchline. So, kind of like that. Like, I kind of want to, if I was to go... I'd want to go on something that I do, something I love doing. To so say we were on set, kind of like Bruce Lee's yeah, Brandon Lee, Brandon you know, Lee. with the kind of you know, the double. You want to get shot by a squib? Maybe, oh, yeah, no. something like that. And then, okay. but then, but what I really want, and yeah. this is my weird fantasy, is I really want this mystery just all around my death. And I want to kind of be like Tupac, where it's like, you know, is he dead or is he in Cuba chilling with Biggie and like, Jim, yeah, you know, not Jim. You Sable. keep releasing more yeah. albums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> New albums are coming out. Or, I want that mystery. So it's yeah. a new sitcom. Asim died four years ago, but <laughs> yeah. fucking Chabadi G's in this thing. But you know, like, yeah. I want that mystery. Like, I just want it to be like, because like, death is fluid. You know, like, people die, yeah. but they don't really die. Go on. You know, like, I'm still listening to Tupac. I listened to a Tupac song right. today. Like, especially when it comes to like, you know, art, music, yeah. film, TV, whatever. You know, you don't die. You're kind of weirdly immortalized by this thing that you decided to do and it's been captured in some kind of form 
and you're there. You're in this little thing. So you forever. think you don't die because you're an iPlayer? Basically, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> until the <laughs> iPlayer thing expires, yeah. and then you're really fucked. But um, do you worry about death? I don't know. I I kind of feel like the biggest. Okay, I think the, this is a bit wanky. I think the anticipation of death is worse than death itself. So I think like waiting to die is more scary than actually dying. I think when you die, it's kind of like sometimes like I don't know if you've ever. I used to get like I still do, but sometimes you get a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of panic attacks. And I used to like kind of you know like you know people are like going because you know, I'm an actor, I'm quite good at hiding it. So I could look do- normally like totally fine, but I could be fully having a panic attack, and it's exhausting. And then I'll tell my girlfriend, and she'll be like, and I tell her, and she'll be like, but you look fine. Are you but having a panic attack? I'm not having a panic, <laughs> I'm not having a panic attack, okay. but what I'm saying is that building that up in your head. Right, yes. But then the, the thing, the reason, and this might help people because someone told me this. The thing with panic attacks is that what's the worst case scenario, right? Is that you're just going to die or have a heart attack or faint, right? So when you give into that, you're fine. So it's like, do you know what I mean? So the, the building up of it, the kind of fucking hell, do I look weird? Do people clock that I'm keeping drooping? My, am I sipping too much? Am I, you know, <laughs> am I scratching my ear too much? What's going on? Yeah. If you're just like, you know what? It's giving into it. It's not letting it win. It's like yeah. calling its bluff. Yeah. It's like calling your anxiety's bluff and being like, oh, fuck you, you prick. Yeah. I'm not going to give in to you. I'm fine. And you know what? Even if I'm not fine, if I, whatever happens, it happens. Fuck it. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like... Like, give in to it, and then yeah. you're fine. So it's, that's how... Love that. that that's, I'm not afraid of death, but the anticipation is what fucks you up, and the feeling around it, and the dark thoughts, and all the anxiety. And, Do you, you know, think there's more after it? Oh, man, I'd love there to, I would love there to be, but yeah. I honestly think, like, no one knows. No one knows, no matter how... You can get the, the most intellectual people whatever any theory no one's ever died and come back and has been like it's fucking sick <laughs> like you know or like fucking hell mate you know like no one knows and i would obviously love there to be something because i feel like life is amazing mm-hmm. but you want a bit more don't you you want yeah. something eternal that's gonna really give you like real happiness you know something that's forever and nothing's forever so i'd love to but i don't know i do what do you think uh there's an afterlife yeah. congratulations you made it Thank uh, you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a heaven. Yeah. And uh, you'll love it. Thank you. Uh, and there's Tupac there. Tupac's there, cranking out more albums. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're there doing sitcoms more that sitcoms. you enjoy. Yeah. Uh, mostly watching TV. Thank you. But everyone keeps asking about films that annoys you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all, everyone wants to know about your life, but through films. And the first question they ask you is what is the first film that you remember seeing? Okay, so there was this um, video shop guy who used to, at the end of my street in Hounslow, and his name was Terry. He was an Asian guy, so I don't think that was his real name. But um, lovely guy. The video show was called Terry's Visuals. And um, it's quite cool. Great name. Um, And we used to rent films and also, like, you know, Sega Mega Drive games off him and all that. And the good thing about Terry is that he didn't care how old you were. So I remember, like, renting, like, The Exorcist when I was, like, nine or some shit. <laughs> and I remember seeing The Exorcist when I was nine, really young. But the first film I remember really fully seeing and enjoying was a really bad film. It was Hansel and Gretel. And it just terrified me because, you know, I, I heard the story, but, we, you know, it's that kind of thing of getting lost. And, you know, and I just remember she, she was out there for fat kids. And, you know, being, as a little, a bit, being quite a girthy little boy myself, that, that terrified me. Um, it was quite a niche horror for you. This quite time. a niche horror, yeah. <laughs> um, terrifying. Uh, terrifying. Terrible movie and terrifying as well. Uh, I, uh, 
had not seen this, but then you sent me a list, so I watched it this morning. It is dog shit. But, but, dog shit. but it's interesting, right? Because it's made by Canon Films. And Canon Films are a company, I don't know if you remember them, but they made lots of films. And when I looked them up, there are films that you would love. They made a real mixture of kids' films and pornos, basically. <laughs> and they had a film called Gas Pump Girls. The tagline was, you'll love the service they give. They had a film called Cheerleaders Beach Party. Party. You'll score with the cheerleaders. And then they had The Happy Hooker Goes to Washington. She served her country the only way she knew how. (laughs) And having read all of that, and then there's loads of kids' films, one of the last films they made, and what what, what sunk the company, was King Lear, starring Woody Allen. Oh, my God. I want to see that. Well, yeah, to, yeah. Fucking, that sounds so dodgy. Yeah. Um, Did you watch this with family? I watched it with my sister, who's a year older than me, and I think that kind of made it even more real because obviously it was like brother sister watching <laughs> this thing about getting. And also, I like, remember we used to like because I'm from Hounslow. It's quite like a you know, it's quite a poor area. But I, my cousin, who's his dad, is a millionaire, right? Proper like proper millionaire. And they live in they lived in Teddington and like all these posh places. Yeah. And I remember going over to his house and he had like a room full of toys, but he wasn't allowed over to my house because oh, really? his mum was like, "Oh no, not Hounslow! Oh god, it's, it's too rough." <laughs> so I remember going to his house and he had a Meadows right opposite his house. So we used to go there, and that kind of invoked these kind of fears because we used to yeah. go out and you know like go into the Meadows and like go doing weird, funny stuff. And I've got a really weird story about that Meadows. Basically, my Let's hear it. It's not even funny. It's kind of weird. It's supernatural. It's one of my supernatural stories <gasps> oh, that great. I... But also... Okay, so anyway, my cousin, he was very rich, but his mom unfortunately passed away when he was around 10. So we were at the funeral, and um, we kind of popped out of the funeral because it was a bit intense, right? We were kids. So we went out to go play, and we were in the meadows. And then he was a bit, you know, obviously, you know, his mom had just passed away, so he was really quiet, but he was kind of like on a mission, and he was just kind of going into the meadows deeper and deeper. I remember we saw this frog and we thought it was dead and we gave the frog a, 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 a funeral service. This is like weird, but we, you know, it's, being young and just like having death is a very weird concept. So we were giving this frog this funeral service and we even laid flowers and we were just sitting there. We didn't really talk much, but then out of nowhere, the frog popped out of the grave. It was playing dead and then it went away. So anyway, we had all this weird experience and then we that got... frog carry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it kind of hopped away. Yeah. And then basically we got lost in the meadows. We started going deeper and deeper into the meadows. And it got dark, right? And then it started to rain in these meadows. And we were lost for at least, I don't know, like two, three hours. But it felt longer. And we were like a nine-year-old and a ten-year-old lost in the meadows, right? And um, yeah, I don't know what happened. But he was like really, I don't know, something happened. But he was just like, I, my mom, I can see my mom. And then he just started running. And you know when, like, you're alone? When you're with someone in a scary place and they run off? You know how angry you get? Where are you fucking going? You're fucking... <laughs> so I was like that, chasing after him. You know, where are you going? And he kept just saying, I can see my mom. I can see my mom. And it just, you know, like, fucking goosebumps. So I felt so weird. I couldn't see anything, obviously. And then he kept on running. This was for, like, 10, 15 minutes. And then slowly we started seeing a blue light coming out of the meadows. And we got to the exit. And the police were there. And our parents were there. And my, and my cousin was like, I saw mom. I saw mom. And his dad was so angry at him. He was like, stop it, stop it. And I just remember that having a very... Uh, I wrote a short film about it, but I remember having that a a deeply profound effect on me. And I was always a bit afraid of being like... That's why I never did camping. I don't like dark, foresty areas. And this film evoked all of those fears. You know what I mean? So 
yeah, that's the first one I remember seeing. I remember it freaking me out. That's so, a fucking great story. Yeah, it's weird. But it's like still the kind of thing of, I want to see a ghost. Like, you know, the supernatural thing is that like, I want to believe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't want to say there's no... I'm like, of course ghosts don't exist. I'm a fucking rational human being. Of course it doesn't exist. But I want to believe. And I, I almost was angry that I, didn't, I never see what other people see. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, I wish I could see it. I want a supernatural experience, but not yet. But the kid was faster. The kid was faster, yeah. Shit. Uh, yeah. What is the film that scared you most? Is it this? <laughs> yeah. Is Fucking it this shi- yes. it's The Shining? Yes. More than Hansel and Gretel? More, I think, because obviously I watched The Shining when I was a bit older. Yeah. Um, I think... Ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More mature. Um, <laughs> I think one of the scariest things in general, you know, not even film, I think, like, f- the feeling of going insane or watching someone go insane and lose their mind, I think that deterioration of the mind is probably the scariest thing, scarier than any serial killer, murderer, you know, supernatural, ghost, alien, fuck all that. Like, the mind is so complex, and if something goes wrong and you can't stop it, and you just watch the decay of the human mind, it is genuinely the most frightening thing, because I've seen it in real life, you know, and it's terrifying, and I think this movie... It's the, it's the greatest film to do that, to show a perfectly happy situation and you just watch this guy go insane, you know? Yeah. And it's fucking terrifying. Would you buy his book? Would I buy... Jack Nicholson's book? No. Why? Okay. Well, I just always wondered. I always thought... if I thought nowadays if he released that book that just says, all work and no play. Oh. <laughs> I, feel like oh, that... it, I feel like it would sell in Hackney. <laughs> yeah, it would definitely sell. Yeah, I think I would, actually. Um... What's the film that made you cry the most, Asim? I see. You're an emotional man. Yeah, I'm a very emotional man. Yeah, A Bronx Tale. It's one of my, also one of my favourite films ever. Love that film. And it's really it's one scene that really gets me when I watch it. And it's, the, it's probably the most famous quote in the film as well. And it's the, you know, he says, the, the, you know, the saddest... Uh, sorry, not that one. That's a great... It's the bit when he, he's... It's this little boy and he sees this gangster across, you know, who lives down the street. And he thinks this man... It's the coolest man in the world. He gets money. He's cool. He wears it. And his dad, Robert De Niro, is a normal, hardworking bus driver. You know, and he just, there's a great moment where he catches him and he's doing some work with this gangster. And he's kind of really aggressively saying to him, like, you know, like, you know, th- you know he's going, you know, he's saying, I'm the, I'm the hardworking man. I'm the person that you should be, you know, when you grow up. Not him. He's a criminal. He's bad. And he's like, but no one respects you, Dad. You're a bus driver. The working man's a sucker. And he was like, no, the working man's not a sucker. You know, he goes, they don't, they don't love him. He goes, everyone loves Sonny. He goes, no, they don't love him. They fear him. You know, and it was just such a powerful scene. And he's kind of shaking this little kid. It's an amazing performance. And he's kind of like saying, you know, that this is not what you should be. The, the working man's not a sucker. The honest, hardworking man is the person you should be, you know, you should respect and you should aim to be like that. And it just kind of like, it evoked a lot of like feelings for me because like my dad was a bit of a hustler. And you know, I used to like kind of look at him and be like, wow, that's cool. But it's not cool. It only ends up in a few ways. So yeah, it's a really emotional film and the soundtrack and it's got this great kind of, it's got a great commentary on race at that time. And it's just a brilliant, brilliant film. And yeah, it always chokes me up. Have you you seen it? Some of you? Uh, It it was based on a a one-man play. play, yeah. Yeah. But I found out they turned into a musical that ran on Broadway. No, the same people though. Robert really? De directed it. What? Chas, Chas Palminteri wrote it. Yeah. I can't imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> and I wondered if... There's a little thing that, if you don't... That Asim does uh, f- for me privately. 
the other thing, the other thing he does for me privately uh, is uh, a character called Sad Rapper, uh, <laughs> which is my favorite thing he does. And I was wondering if you might give me just a couple of bars as Sad Rapper of what you might think a Bronx Tale the musical is yeah. like. Would you mind? Just yeah. a little bit. So Sad Rapper is just a character that I do, which is like a very emotional rapper. But he's kind of gangster as well. So it's, but it's British. So it's like, it's like, he's always does this little thing before he starts. He does a little kind of cry from the soul. It's like, <laughs> like, like, sometimes I cry, like, sometimes I like look in the sky, like, and think like, why do we have to die, like? <laughs> and then I just look and I think like, you know, the working man's a sucker, like. <laughs> but anyone try me, like, then he's a motherfucker, like. <laughs> I like Rush Hour, like Chris Tucker, like. <laughs> Just like, really, you know. Sad rapper. Brett asked me, like, you know, every now and again, he would just WhatsApp and go, sad rapper, please. Yeah. And just about any situation, basically. Uh, right. What is the film that is meant to be bad? People don't like critics don't like it, but you love it, no matter what. What's that film it's for It's a film that also makes me cry. Go on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched... It's Harold a... and Kumar getting the munchies for the yeah. listeners at home. I realised that you oh, yeah, they just can't thought, see wow, they're all telepathic. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's just one of... The, I watched it recently, and I was just like... It's just like, you know, I know it's like a, one of those kind of shit stoner movies, but I just really like the fact that I don't think I've ever seen another film with, like, an Asian, you know, a Chinese guy and an Indian guy yeah. playing the leads... And it's not being like, oh, it's obviously like an Indian or Chinese film. Like, right. their kind of culture... And it's culture, not a gritty, moody, oh, everyone's no, depressed. it's just two potheads. Trying and they're just trying burgers. to get a burger. And it was like, they could have easily cast two white guys in it. Yeah. And it would have been... Because white guys like burgers as well. Yeah. It would have been the same film, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like the fact that they've just... They, they, they kind of like... It's irrelevant that their race is this and that. You know, there's a little bit of a mention it with... Kumar, where his dad wants him to be this kind of accountant or whatever it is, like. But really, it's about being like, who cares what fucking color they are? Yeah. It's you know, it's a fun movie, and it's like they're both potheads, and I think that's what unites people. It's like potheads <laughs> and fast food. It's like that's you know, it's colorblind. And I just, I, I just potheads think... and fast food, the sequel to Blood yeah. and Camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a good movie. I watched it, and obviously it's a shit movie, but it's a good movie. It's like yeah, you know, it's, it's a really easy watch. And... Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. It was really cool. It's yeah. one of those pothead films that are just like easy to watch. And like I said, it's, and it's always like, you know, that whole thing of like, oh, if there's two Asians in the film, then oh, God, it's no, an Asian uh, film. And it is and, important, yeah, actually, especially to have uh, representation done in a funny, in a funny in a comedy, way that's more, not deep and yeah. it's not a comment on fucking race issues. And it's like, no, they're just normal guys who yeah. you know, smoke weed and want some fast food. Like, and I, li- I like that, but I like that yeah, light-hearted yeah. approach. And we need to get to that stage more where people aren't questioning. Yeah, why is unfortunately, it, that's why the is only it, one, isn't it? It's well, not like, that, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Think about it. Like, there isn't really any others that are like that. There's just the sequel. It's just the sequel, yeah. you know? Um, and there needs to be more. Just normalize it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. They're normal guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. Um, uh, what is the film you used to love? You loved it years ago. Loved it, but you've watched it recently and you've gone, oh dear, that does not hold <laughs> up. Um, I think it was, if the, uh, yes, the original It. The original It? Gasps, yeah. shock, horror, well, people leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Cancelled. <laughs> um, I think the, I think basically, I watched the new one. 
Yeah. And I didn't really like the new one. But then I remember watching the old one. When I was younger, I remember watching it and it fucking terrified me because, you know, like the killer, he kind of gets you through drains, doesn't he? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. And that is such a brilliant bit of like writing because that's everywhere. Like, you know, when you go, when, you, yeah. you, when you're a bit afraid, you go and you brush your teeth in the, in the toilet, you know, you're kind of like looking down at that drain. And I remember when I watched that film, again, very young, from Terry's visuals, big up. <laughs> <laughs> he did not give a fuck. He traumatized me, that man. <laughs> I actually remember when he died, I, I rented, um, on PlayStation 1, I rented, he let me rent GTA, the original one, Grand Theft Auto. And it was a terrible game, 18 rated. I was yeah. probably 14, 13. And I remember, like, um, I kept it. Part, like past the, I've kind of forgotten I didn't return it yeah. and then I remember he died and then I went to the shop to return it and I was like yeah I'm just returning this game where's Terry and they were like oh Terry's died uh. and then she said to me no I just keep the game and I was still like 13 so really I shouldn't have had the game in the first place but yeah and that was the one thing that so I remember from Terry and I was like that was almost a gift from him keep, maybe keep little boy keep the game where you beat police to death yeah. <laughs> to remember Terry by remember Terry god bless um, but yeah so I, I remember it yeah the original was terrifying um, and then I just remember watching it again like I remember watching it with friends at like a house party and we thought put it on it'll be jokes like let's like reminisce and it's so fucking shit <laughs> honestly it's so bad just watch it again mm. honestly it's it's almost like laughable it's not scary. It's really, really bad. Like who? When's, who's who's seen it? Who's seen it recently? Have you? What do you think? It's shit, right? It goes on and it's just not good. It's and, four hours because I think it was like a TV movie split yeah. in two. It's long. It's not great. Get um, to the point. Bring the clown out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, you know, vanish down a drain. Come on, hurry up. <laughs> Get back out. Get back out. Fucking hell. Um, Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. What okay, this is as as you may know, my favorite question is what is the film that has the most meaning to you? Not necessarily the film might not be any good, mm-hmm. but because the memory you have around seeing it might have been a first date, might have been a day someone died, day you got a job, but you'll always remember the film for that reason. What's the film? Um the film is not definitely not it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Paranormal activity. Love that film. It's Go a on. Great film. I have a very traumatic story attached to it. Um, basically, I finished, <laughs> I finished uni. Um, I did film and broadcast. So, like, with people just in nothing, I used to do all the camera work and I used to edit it back in the day. And I didn't really want to act. I kind of wanted to do, like, writing and, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff. 
So after uni, I was like kind of, you know, full of beans and I was with two mates and we were like, let's go to New York Film Academy and like do a one month course there. And like, you know, like just idiots. And we saved up. We worked all summer. We saved up and we went to New York Film Academy, got there on the induction day yeah. and just realized it was a fucking scam. No. Like, you know, when you kind of go there, you've just done a degree and you're kind of like at a level of learning and you go there and you, they're kind of using this rubbish, you know, rubbish equipment. It's really cheap. And you look around, there's all international students. Then you start realizing, okay, this is one of those things that you just want to put on your CV and be like, I went to New York Film Academy. We thought it's just a pile of wank, right? So they were like, okay, well, you can drop out and get And also, it was very expensive. It was like three and a half grand for a month's course, which when you're like 20, like, it's a lot of money. So we dropped out, got a full refund. But then they were like, because we came on our student visas, um, you basically have to leave the country in 14 days. So we chilled for two weeks. And then this guy, one of the guys who worked in the studio, like he, was, he worked in, the, in, the, in, in New York Film Academy. He was like, you know, there's a loophole, right? And we were like, go on. He was like, basically, yeah, you just go to Canada. And then, um, yeah, you just chill there for a bit. And then you just come back on your, like, normal, like, your normal student, like, your, your normal... Um, Esther. Visa waivers. Yeah, your normal, like, as a British citizen. And we were like, okay, that sounds legit. So basically, we went, um, left most of our shit in New York. We had a one-bed apartment. Went to Toronto with like literally like three pairs of t-shirts, whatever, on us. Partied for three days, had a great time. Then, on the last night, we went to go watch this film, Paranormal Activity. Was very inspired because I thought it was quite groundbreaking. Yeah, I love it. We got really drunk in a bar and we basically thought, we started getting paranoid and we were like, what if they stop us? And they're like, because it's a loophole. So it's kind of like, you know, you're taking the piss a bit. We're like, yeah. what if they stop us? And they start asking us questions. So then one of my mate, basically, stupidest thing he ever said, he went, what if we just, like, rip our visas out of our passports? And then, like a fucking idiot, I went, yeah, let's fucking do that. <laughs> so we ripped our student visas out of our British passport, put it into a beer uh, glass sick. in a Hooters in Toronto, yeah, left, yeah. had two hours sleep, went to the fucking airport, eight hours interrogation. Oh. Yeah, they were like, you could see the rips from the passport. That's how stupid we were, yeah? yeah? And my mate luckily kept his, he ripped it out, but he kept it on him. Because that's a scam. People rip their visas out and sell them. Do you know oh, what I mean? Shit, yeah, it's yeah. a proper scam. So anyway, we confessed, but eight hours in the, they went through everything. They went through my rhyme book. And I was like writing stuff about like, you know, like governments and, you know, fuck the system and the Iraq war. And they were questioning me and everything. Writing your reviews of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the funniest moment was I have this, I have a barber's in Hauser that I used to go to, and his name's Alwa Sam, this Arab guy. And I remember they, they left me in a room for two hours, and they kind of came in this big American guy, and he was like, he threw the card on the table, and he went, who is Alwa Sam? <laughs> and I was like, he's a camp hairdresser from, like, Hauser. <laughs> it was a fucking nightmare. We got, deport, we got deported. No shit. Um, got deported, went back to London. Went to the embassy. Do they, get, do they fly you back first class no. when you're deported? <laughs> no, but that's what the thing. What do they do? Well, you have to. I was broke. I had to borrow 500 quid of my mate. We were like in tears. Like it was, shit. as a 20-year-old kid, yeah, like, yeah. You, you, that's a maid. You could go to prison for that shit. But we came clean. We apologized. Went back home. Got our visiting visas. And then went back to New York and did loads of short films and music videos. And we still spent less if we would have wow. stayed on that course. So in a way, it had a happy ending. But now I get so much trouble when I go to yeah. America, because they've got it's all on file, and you just have to sit there and they're reading it and going, oh, <laughs> "Fucking, I- like you fucking idiot," you know. 
So yeah, that, yeah. And, then, and this film had a big thing because it made us paranoid because we, we started, I remember we watched it mm-hmm. and we were like, what a genius idea of a film. Then we came up with this idea for a film where we should pay someone who's basically got no family relatives to, and do a spoof thing where he gets lost somewhere and then the footage is found. Anyway, it just kind of made us paranoid. But I, whenever I think of that film, I think of that moment, which is very embarrassing. Great answer. Now, this next question, I'm, I'm concerned, might take us 25 minutes. Um, the next question is, what's the film you found the sexiest? Jackie Brown, um, you know, Pam Greer. Mm. Just really, really sexy. And it's just her, like, I don't know, like, her independence was what was really, like, I, I was like, you know, I like strong women, bench 350. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I just think that like a, 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 like an independent woman who fucking doesn't need anyone. And if you've seen the film, you kind of know like she kind of does everyone. You know, she kind of outsmarts everyone. And she it's doesn't just... do everyone, just to be clear. No, she doesn't do it. everyone. That's another film. But um, but yeah, she's just super cool, super sexy. Yeah. And I, I always find that very attractive. I, you know, in like someone who could just fucking doesn't have to rely on a certain thing and just be really cool and calm and you know collected and all those things i just found that super sexy and, that, and i think it's one of tarantino's best films agreed yeah so the subcategory uh i'm gonna tell you guys because no one else knows this so if you there is a subcategory question which is troubling boners worrying why don'ts which is a question <laughs> that came about sort of as this podcast developed i keep thinking i should get rid of it but every time i do people ask for it to come back Anyway, uh, so you're traveling boner. Yeah, Lion King. I just felt, I mean, I can't even remember. It's, who's the, the. Nala? Yeah, like, you know, she's just like a really, I remember just being like. She's a really a... independent lion. Yeah, she's <laughs> sassy, independent, you know. <laughs> she does all the other animals, you know. <laughs> she's just sexy. I was like, yeah. and why, why do I want to bang a lion? I was like, it's weird. Yeah. Um, well, there's the sexy bit. In Can You Feel the Love Tonight, they roll down a hill and oh. then there's the pause where they, they look at each other like, oh, what? Are we going to bang? But, like, there's that bit. But also, rolling down the hill, yeah. like, I remember when I was watching, when I used to watch Bollywood films, <laughs> I still do. But when I was a kid, and obviously before you understood about sex and all that stuff, we honestly thought the way that people have kids and get pregnant is that basically in the Bollywood, like in the Bollywood films, they have a music bit and they're dancing and then they have this moment when they're about to kiss and then she goes, <laughs> and they kind of run off and then they roll down a hill together like right. that. Yeah. And then, you know, again, they're about to kiss and then she kind of laughs and does her little scarf thing. And then the next scene is her in the hospital with a fucking baby. <laughs> and honestly, we thought that's how you get, that's how you get pregnant. Like, that's how you have kids. So you anytime down... you heard a woman laugh, <laughs> you thought, ah, oh, shit, I'm a dad. <laughs> Fucking hell, yeah. Um, and yeah, so yeah, Lion King was sexy. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was just... I no think it, argument from me. Yeah, they just... Uh, it's the eyes, man, you know. And the tail. What is... <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely tail. Uh, what is the film you most related to? I mean... It's east is East for the listeners. East is East. I think it's just like a thing of like, you know, like, I remember like, goodness gracious me... It was just like you kind of look for like, for like you know, familiar faces, mm. not familiar faces, but faces like yours, you know, in, in, in the film world or TV world. And you kind of, there wasn't that many growing up, you know. I remember like being a big Prince Scene fan and just being like, God, like he's such a cocky little shit and everyone hates him, but he was just so unashamedly himself. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Come out in like fucking magic carpets and, you know, start saying all these Islamic prayers and like he was a cocky shit, but you could like back it. He was a cocky brown boy. 
And I remember just having that, him having that confidence and backing up. I know every week, you know, every time he fought, people would watch him to, you know, they are hoping that he'd lose. And I think that was just quite powerful, like having these kind of really confident people of like color, like, and just being like, oh, you can be yourself. You can be cocky. You can be, you know, loud. You don't have to be like, you know, kind of, you know, nervous and all this kind of stuff. So that was powerful. And then obviously when East is East came out, it was just amazing. And my favorite character is Umpuri's character. Yeah. He sounds a little bit like my dad when he does the whole, you know, you're bloody making fun of me. And it was just <laughs> like, it's so brilliant. And it was just such an important film for like our generation and like, you know, my friends and my family. And I could really relate to it. It was just a brilliant, brilliant film. And I think it's still, I think it's, a, you know, it's a classic. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a very good film. And I also think it was missold. Because the, the trailer is like a wacky comedy. Yeah. And then you watch it, it goes, it's quite, quite fucking heavy. It's and dark. Really yeah. dark. Good film. Good answer. Thank you. What is the film that objectively you think is the greatest film of all time? Objectively. Might not be your favourite, but you go, that's the pinnacle of cinema, that. This is such an obvious answer. But yeah, I think it is Shawshank. Just because it has everything. Like, it literally has everything. It's almost like a perfect... It's got rape. It's got abuse. <laughs> it's got suicide. Yeah, it's got, like... And then a happy ending. Shitty drains, you yeah, know, like... Yeah, it's got the lot, mate. It's got the lot. And it's just... Yeah, I just think it's one of those... It's annoyingly kind of perfect, this film. Yeah. It, ha- it literally has everything. And, you know, it's just filmed beautifully. And the performances are amazing. And it's just so... It's so slow, but it doesn't feel slow. Yeah. It's like you're just sitting there. There's always that great scene, you know, when he helps and then they all have the beer and the sunset. And it's just that, those kind of moments are very hard to capture in film, that kind of feeling, that warm feeling, you know. And I think those, this film has many of those feelings. Um, and it's, it's annoyingly perfect. It's annoyingly everything wraps up nicely and all the kind of loose ends that, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's based on a, a novella by Stephen yeah. King, right, which is crazy because you think, I haven't read the novella. Have you? No. no, but it's just crazy because there's so much shit that goes on in the film. You yeah. think, how could they do that in a fucking short but novel? I think you know, with Stephen King, his novels are like five thousand pages, so a novella is probably like two thousand. Yeah, 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 yeah. What most people call yeah. the Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's. Um, there. But yeah, I, w- I would probably say this film, and it's it's almost like a cop out because I think this is the number one film on IMDb as well. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's, but you know, you just Googled on the way. Here. Greatest yeah. film Best film Fuck. ever. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. I mean, I've seen it so yeah. many times. And I recently watched it. I basically, I, I, I did like a late night eBay thing, right? I was quite, I think I was drunk. And I was three in the morning and I put in a little cheeky bid for a 77 inch TV, thinking I ain't going to get it. Like, I put in a really <laughs> stupid bid, like at least like, you know, 50% of what it's worth. Yeah. And then I woke up the next morning and I was like, oh, fuck. And I got, I, I got the TV basically, but it was a fucking massive, way too big for my flat. And um, me and my girlfriend, because our sofa's really shit, we would move our mattress from our bedroom onto the floor in the living room and have movie nights. Yeah. So we rewatched Shawshank Redemption, and I, I had such a bad headache because it was so close and it's <laughs> so intense, you know. And I was literally like, it's so close. You watch the film like this, <laughs> like when, when people are it's like tennis. You're like watching people go. Yeah. You go, just pick a side and tell I, each other what's yeah, happening on yeah. the other end. I remember when I met Annie Dufresne. <laughs> like, yeah, it's ridiculous. But yeah, probably best film ever. I mean, ob- but objectively, yeah. it's not my favourite film ever. No, you hate it. Yeah, I fucking uh, shit. Give me a headache. <laughs> yeah. What's the one film you could watch over and over again or have watched over and over again? Um, 
Yes, I think super underrated. Also, if there was a character... Life. Who, it, the film is life. Yeah. Like, you the film's say, life, Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence. I you think, love a prison movie. I do love it. Oh, that's it. Life is like the well, funny life, Shawshank. Life is comedy Shawshank, yeah. 100%. Um, I think if you had a category for most underrated film as well, this would probably be up there as well for me. Yeah. I, I, I definitely have memories attached to it. Me and my cousin who's a year older than me, the same one who lost his mum. Like we're really, we're, you know, kind of same age, so really tight. Um, we watched this film so many times when we were young. We went to the cinema. We watched it like three or four times in the cinema. And we would just quote it. And I just thought it was so brilliant. And, all, and just seeing like Eddie Murphy in his prime. Like, and also before he started doing kind of like rubbish films. Like go watch this. And Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, their chemistry is insane. And I think chemistry... Can you know? I mean, you could have an all right script, you can have a decent director, you can have a good budget. If you have chemistry between the two leads, you can almost, you know, I mean, it almost yeah, yeah. outsells everything. It's their chemistry is brilliant. It's such a great film. Has have you have you guys seen it? So, I, but also, I don't. Yeah, but some people it's have seen also. It. Can I check? Right? Am I? Is it, am I soft in the head? It's moving, right? This film also very moving. Yeah. I had uh, Fumbi on the other day, and he picked this film, and I said, and it's sad, isn't it? And he went, no. <laughs> it's just funny. And I was like, oh, I've no, got something wrong with me. It's so sad. It's very sad, isn't it? It's all about, like, you know, wrongfully imprisoned. and Yeah. You know, they spend their life in prison. That's what it's about. And it's like, it's just so fucking brilliant. I, I absolutely, and I watched it a few months back, and it still holds up. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it, honestly. I think it's, like, so brilliant. Um, and it's one of the greatest performances from Bernie Mac. Yeah, before he died, yeah, he, his character is his character called uh, Jingalang, Jingalang, and he kind of he's like this weird, and he's he's like he's gay in the film, and he's got like this kind of you know his boyfriend or husband in, in the in, and it's just so good. It's Bernie Mac at his finest, Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence. It's a brilliant film. So um, and also it will make you cry. I cried. Yeah, yeah. I cried when I watched this, and it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I think when comedy, you know, when you have like comedy and tragedy, there's such a thin line, and I think when you can do that right. It's just, it's some of the most memorable stuff. So, yeah, l- go watch it if you haven't seen it and recommend it to your mates. It's a classic, I think. Beautiful. Yeah. Great ending. Uh, what is the worst film you ever saw? We don't like to be negative, but what's the worst film? Well, let's see. Why don't you, t- why don't you tee it up for us? Um, <laughs> wait, he's not playing it. No, don't The play worst it. film I've ever seen is actually a film that I made. Uh, <laughs> It's my final year uni film. And, um, a film so good, he thought, I don't need the New York Academy. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's so funny is that the guys I made this film with yeah. are my, still my best mates. And we're the ones who went to New York together. <laughs> so we're all idiots, basically. So this is kind of... Um, but yeah, we did this thing. But the, the thing about this film, even though it is shit... And I'm gonna, we're going to show you the, the, the trailer. The, I mean, the trailer. I pay so much money to see the whole thing. Yeah, it's a fucking... Yeah, it looks deep. It's so horrible. But one thing I'm proud, and I haven't told you this yet, one thing I'm yeah. quite proud of of this film is that we did everything the right way. So we rented all the equipment from the uni. We, we spent no, we had no budget. We did everything the right way. There was another, other groups who had budgets and they had called in favours and they kind of cheated. Yeah. But we did everything the way that you're supposed to do it. No excuse because it's still a pile of shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were, that was our short film. And it's actually, a, it was actually, a, it's, a, it's a remake. I said remake. But we basically, you know that French horror film, Le Diabolique? Yes. That's what That's this that. is. Yeah, yeah. So she says that. It's like a, yeah, it's like yeah. an updated version. And then they kind of, you know, so it was our little homage to it. 
Um, and we got a good grade for it. We got like a B because we, I think they saw the effort and they were like, oh, bless. You know, it was one of those simple. B for bless. Yeah, <laughs> B for bless. You tried. Um, but yeah, it was. Very good. good. And 2009, so 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. Still waiting for it to come out. Yeah. Um, Wasteman Productions was the name of my YouTube channel, which people just nothing started right. from. So yeah, that was, it we were, it was right, around that it? time. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is the film that made you laugh the most? You're in comedy. Oh, What's wow. the funniest? Well, it's, you know what? This was a really hard question because there's so many great films out there. But I think not only like made me laugh the most. It's the Big Lebowski. For the Big Lebowski, <laughs> shit. I keep on, I keep on forgetting. Um, that's why I'm just so into you guys. I want to serve <laughs> you guys. I don't give a shit about the listeners. Jokes, <laughs> I love listeners. you. Love you, say. Um, yeah, Big Lebowski is just another, I think, perfect film, man. It's yeah. fucking amazing. And like, kind of like, you know, the John Goodman scenes and just there's so much comedy in it, you know, like, um, even with the Philip C. Hoffman kind of scenes with Bunny and, you know, you know, it's just the timing, the tone. It's hilarious. I don't know how many times I've seen this film and it's funny every time. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just hilarious, man. You know, I just think it's. I talked about it with uh, Leslie Headland. I don't know if you've had that episode, but you should because it's very good. And she said, I think correctly, that it's the last great non improv comedy film. Yeah. Because ever since, like, Judd Apatow, it's just sort of people improvising, and they're funny, but this was hardcore scripted, yeah. word for word. All the ums are scripted, everything's scripted, and it's great. It's, I think you can get away with that when um, the script is obviously amazing, but also when you have, like, fuck it, I mean, the cast in this film. Yeah. When you have those people who are pro as well, and they're not like, oh, I'll have a little bit of fun on this take, we'll do a bit of improv. It's like, no, 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 the script's great. Deliver it, and it will be impeccable. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's yeah. like the timing, everything is impeccable. And it's, it's one of those films. And the music and those trippy dream sequences, even they're hilarious. It's yeah. like everything this film does, they do it perfectly. And it's honestly, I think, probably... I was going to say Spinal Tap, because I think that's up there with the funniest films ever as well. Yeah, that's um, the correct answer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even Borat, even Borat, this... Borat was up there for uh, me. Yeah, this was yeah. a hard, hard... Very hard category, but I think overall, Big Lebowski is not just the funniest film, but probably up there with one of the greatest films as well for me. I think so. You can yeah. have it. Thank you. What is the first film you saw that changed your view on something? Maybe it changed your perspective or it opened you up to a way of looking at life that you had not had before. I think I'll answer this quickly. Um, yeah, I think Brokeback Mountain, because I'm from Hounslow, right, where you've got to be a fucking guy and you've got to be, you know, like... Even with like, I was, I'm still into hip hop, but like, there's a lot of homophobia, you know, around hip hop and, you know, that kind of thing. It was like, oh, he's gay. Like, you know, like, oh, Chi Chi man, like all that. Like, it's, it was very intertwined within the culture. And as a young person, like, you kind of think, like, oh, yeah, that's not cool. But then, like, I don't know. I remember I watched this film and I watched it, like, almost like in secret because, like, I heard it. So I was always into film. But all my boys are like, ah, it's gay, bruv. What are you watching that for? You know? So I watched it in secret and I was like, fucking it's a masterpiece like yeah. it's a fucking masterpiece it's brilliant yeah and i was like man like you know i want to tell my friends to watch this and stop being ignorant twats and i remember i tried to speak to them but they would just fucking ridicule you about it and be like ah seems gay ah! like literally ridiculous right and i just remember one thing like about homophobia and this is probably a little bit deep and cheesy but i remember someone being like homophobia is so ridiculous because it's like literally hating for someone hating someone for the way they love it makes no sense. And then relating it to like racism as well is something that, you know, as people, you can't help that. I can't help 
being brown. People can't help being gay. They want to, you know, you love who you love. So I was like, and I remember telling my, like, you know, my friends, and even now my, my younger brother who's 15, 16, and, you know, he's kind of like, same thing. Nothing's mm-hmm. changed. Nothing's moved on, right? It's still being like, oh, that's gay, right? And I was like, it's ridiculous. And I was like, you should relate to it the most because, you know, I've been racially attacked and beaten up. I'm from, I'm from Hounslow. We had NFs there growing up. Like, it's the same shit. It's hate, right? So this film was had a huge impact on me. And then ever since then, I've been... I've tried to be, you know, an advocate for that for my friends. You have to start off small. I can't be going around and telling everyone this and that. But you can, you can impact people around you, your family, your friends. And now I'm happy to say a lot of my friends from Hounslow, we're very open about all that stuff. We'll talk about it and we know it's wrong. And, 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 and the comment on this is that call me by your name. I watched that with all my Hounslow boys. We went to the cinema. Oh, really? And watching that, what was it, 10 years ago? I don't know how old this film is, but probably around 10 call years. Call me by your name? No, yeah, two pro- years. No, not call me by your name. Brokeback Mountain. Oh, Brokeback Mountain. So yeah, from years, that, sorry. from where we were then, yeah. to then going to the cinema and watching yeah. this film with my Hounslow boys, the same ones who were like, batty boy and all that, watching that and watching one of my mates who's the most fucking Hounslow guy you ever meet in your life, gold teeth, tearing up in the last scene in this film. I was like, that's progression. So you can impact it, but you need to start off in a small way. So that had a big impact on me because it's like homophobia, racism, sexism, they all belong in that place, right? Yeah. And it's about, you know, kind of, you know, you know just about empathy and understanding people. So, yeah, that had a big impact on me, and I'm very proud of that. That's something that and I encourage that more, basically. Love yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah, let's clap it. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> and I try, to wrap, I try to go through that pretty quick as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, I fucking love Brother Manton as well. Beautiful film. Of course. Tragically, the woman who wrote the book wishes the film had never been made. Really? Yeah, because she, I think it was something to do with she was a, an, annoyed at how much of a punchline the film had become that like you used to hear in like comedy clubs like an MC if they saw someone with a checked shirt oh Brokeback Mountain's in and she yeah. was like ah oh, what was the point yeah but that was the point Asim that was the point yeah uh, right Asim yeah you've been wonderful however when you uh, died because you were on your way to do a sitcom that you thought was shit <laughs> and you were on a little plane and the little plane had turbulence and the uh the air hostesses looked scared, and then the plane disappeared in a sort of uh, Bermuda Triangle. And for years, you were missing, but all we knew was your work on iPlayer. <laughs> and <laughs> many years later, we found you on a small island, and your body had rotted and become part of the earth. And it mixed in with the part, bits of the plane. It was very difficult to separate you from the bits of yeah. seat. There was probably a lot of body hair left still. Got That's how we that. found you. We, uh, <laughs> we thought, is that bad? And it was you. And, uh, and we, we chopped you up into bits. But it was, it really, the point is, you were in absolute state. Yes. And we got you in a coffin. We packed you in. But there was so much more of you than we'd planned for because of all the bits of playing. A lot of girth. A lot, lot more girth. Turns out you hadn't been lying. And, uh, and we put, packed you all in the coffin. Uh, you, you've, it's rammed in there. But the, only, the problem is there's only room for one DVD if you take to the other side. And on the other side, there's movie night every night. One wow. night is your movie night. What film are you taking to show to the others on the other side? Fuck film. I'm taking the full set of Sopranos. <laughs> Whole series from... You yeah, can only all pick one, one DVD. So yeah, it's, it's one DVD. It's in a big, big box. You can't have the box. You oh, have to pick like three episodes yeah. then. Season four then. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute disgrace. <laughs> 
Absolute disgrace. I think you might have blown it. I've, I've just heard from heaven. Oh, send it back, they've said. Oh, fuck. Um, Call Terry. I know Terry. <laughs> Terry will get me in. Uh, Asim, you've been wonderful. Let us draw to a conclusion this bit and give Asim a clap and then we will turn to you. Thank you very much, Asim. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Brett. Good, wasn't it? It was good. Uh, I felt like I was more serious than I should have. I felt like this is some deep shit going on. I'm it's so like a therapy glad. session. Yeah. God, I feel like I took a dump on stage. <laughs> to let you all smell it. You're very vulnerable right now. In a good way, yeah. though. It was beautiful. Thank you. Um, now, we don't have uh, long, but is, is there anyone who would like to tell us uh, about... Yeah, already there is. There is, a, there is a woman in the second row. I think there's a mic that will come to you. If you could hold it to your mouth so we can record your question. Hello. Um, I just wanted to tell you about a game that me and my brother invented based on your lovely podcast. So we went out for um, when it was International Women's Day and we had some time to kill, so we were chatting and we were doing women to be buried with, which sounds gross, but it was really, really I've played it. It was like your first first ever woman that you knew and the sexiest woman, the scariest woman. It was really fun and it led to loads and loads of play, so I'd recommend it. Because we've also done smells to be buried with and weather to be buried with. It's very good. It's a good idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. We'll do a women to be buried with live. Uh, uh, is, is, is there any... Oh, I also... I have to give a shout out uh, to... Uh, there's a man called here, here called Prang. Is that you? Prang. Well, I was told that's what to address you as. <laughs> I was told if I didn't call you Prang... Yes. Prang. Lottie. Lottie and Prang. And you're, you're, you're getting married? Surprise! <laughs> the, the marriage is a surprise. I, yes. I, I knew about that. Oh, okay, good. I thought maybe I was. That's why I would. Had that to would be bring quite a surprise, wouldn't it? Yeah, for, Can, for all like, of us. One of you do it right now. Or? <laughs> Will you marry Lottie Prang? Yes. Hey! Can I share my yeah. film that is important? That of course, isn't you necessarily can. Prang the best film, although it is a good film, uh, the first film that Lottie ever showed me when we got together... Lottie, your brand new fiancé, yes. Yeah, <laughs> was um, A Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Yes. And I'd never seen anything by... I was quite uncultured when we got together. <laughs> and I thought she was very And now cultured. you're wearing a shirt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and she pretended she was really cultured and was like, oh, I'm into Wes Anderson and things. Right. And then we got together and I found out she's into, like, you know, the... Films that Netflix makes for Christmas. Yeah. Like the really bad ones. Like, the really like Daddy's Home for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, the first one we ever watched together was Life Aquatic of Steve Zissou. Right. And that got me into Wes Anderson and Lottie uh, got me into all those sort of films. And so, for me, that's a really important film because it makes me think of her. And yeah. obviously, you know, we're getting married. So, she's yeah. an important person to me. Aww. Oh, what a lovely Thank story. Thank you, Wes Anderson. Oh, yeah. Round of applause. Films bringing people together. Um, yes, this, this lady right next to Lottie and Prang. Hello, uh, Hello. my name's Ruby. And, Hello, Ruby. Um, my dad behind me, when I was um, 10, yes. uh, my mum went out to do, I think she was doing like a late shift at work. Yeah. And um, my dad was like, I've got this amazing film to show <laughs> you guys. And um, my brother was seven and he's... Right there as well. Yeah, he and, looks older, um, <laughs> and um he put on Rocky Horror Picture Show oh. uh, when I was ten. Yeah. And um it got to the scene where Susan Sarandon is like 
touch me. And my mum walks in from the late shift and she's like, Michael, turn it off right now. Oh my God, cover your eyes, children. And then we were just, yeah, it was just really I love that. I think you're a good dad. That's very nice. You turned out all right, didn't you? Yeah, do you know yeah. Terry? Because I feel like you guys have got yeah. the same kind of... Same. I think the, the dad would like to defend himself. <laughs> oh, it's not him. I'm looking at the wrong guy. Yeah, oh, um, you're the dad. I'm so sorry. You look, you look so young. Yeah, you look so young. Genuinely, dad. I mean that as Bloody a big hell. compliment. I yeah. thought you cannot be the dad unless you had her when you were six. Uh, <laughs> no wonder you were, I mean, very... He was young. Go on. Sorry. Sorry, man who isn't a dad. Surprise. Go on. <laughs> Certainly is. Uh, I'm happy to be your dad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Making connections. <laughs> happy to be your dad sounds like one of those Netflix films. <laughs> yeah. um, for, for me, it's, it's a family thing. Uh, over the last five years, every Christmas Eve, um, about six o'clock at night, we go to Dundee Contemporary Arts yeah. as a family, and we sit down and we watch It's a Wonderful Life uh, on the big uh, screen. And it's just fantastic. Every time I watch it, I see something different. That's beautiful. And you do that every, what, Christmas Eve or just before? Every Christmas Eve. We've done uh, it for the last five, five years. Ah, I love just, that. It's, it's fabulous. Yeah. It's also, like, surprisingly dark because he's so right, dark. trying to kill himself in the beginning, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's, but it's still, you don't, you don't really think of that. You still see it as the most brilliant, heartwarming film. It's like Shawshank, you forget how horrible the journey to get to the... <laughs> yeah, forget the rape. You forget yeah. the rape. Forget the forget rape, the rape you forget the suicide. Yeah, yeah I, true. I, I think my cock had that scene out. Your cock what? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the one. The accent's not that bad. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. So get a Cock on the mind, sorry. <laughs> lovely. Thank you. Round of applause for that. Lovely. Uh, what, one, what, one more? One, what, yeah, go on. Hello, sir. How you doing? First you? of all, life, fucking great show. Yeah. yeah, great. Second of all, I've only yeah. got one question. It's more of a title. Dog Soldiers. Dog Soldiers, yeah. Dog, you said dog Soldiers, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. The film, because you said underrated. Yeah, yeah that, that is, is underrated. a very underrated. 2001 was a great year for, um, yeah. Dog Soldiers. Yeah, did. Dog Soldiers. Dog Neil Soldiers. Marshall. You liked it, yeah? Pre, yeah. The, pre, pre the Descent. He made yeah. That, which I fucking Great love. show. It's just underrated. Yeah, it's a really good film. True. Shout out to Dog Soldiers. I need to rewatch, but yeah. I Shout remember. out to Dog Soldiers. Yeah, 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 definitely. I pour, pour a sip on the pavement for Dog Soldiers. <laughs> uh, is there anyone else? Or, or should, oh, there's one, one more. Hi, sorry, I'm Chelsea. Hello, Chelsea. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say I had like a near-death experience this week, like tiny one. But all I kept thinking what? was, fuck, if I was famous, that would be a great answer for how I would die on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, well, let's have it then. Oh, yeah. You're famous now, Chelsea. I know. Um, so Maybe you are dead and we're all goat. No, <gasps> <laughs> I am your ghost experience. This yeah. is what you want. Finally, dreams can come true. Um, so I was like roasting vegetables. Um, I know it's already. No really, one thought it would start. The most like middle class. <laughs> the most middle class death of. <laughs> Mate, I'm a primary school teacher. It was great. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so I was roasting vegetables yeah. and I was wearing a massive dressing gown. And I, like, I'm not middle class. I've got a really shit oven and it's like boiling hot. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Um, and then I'm I, sorry like, about your oven. <laughs> I know. Go on. There'll be a movie about it. You can make it. Um, then I like went to get it out and my sleeve caught onto the top of the oven. And 
again, I'm poor, so the dressing gown shit, and it burst <laughs> right at my arm. Oh, my God. And I thought, oh, my God. And I patted it down, and I thought, oh, my God, that was really scary. And I turned, and my TV, I just saw these flames <gasps> at the back, and it had gone all down my back. So I had to take it off, jump around my kitchen, <gasps> not to be rude, but I was naked, and the sweet potatoes were everywhere. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. And the, uh, and the oven door that's was the in. worst bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was fucking starving. Yeah. And then the oven... But you've had a terrible shock. You went away. Yeah. I was, yeah. Like, and the oven door was open. I thought, God, I'm going to trip over that in a minute. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, fuck. If I was famous, that would be great. So, yeah. Wow. What a story. What that the story. I'm happy you're here and you survived. Yeah. Wow. You weren't burnt. You've still got your hair. You seem all right. You're all right, okay? Yeah. You, you're absolutely fine. You pop down to Whole Foods, got some more sweet potato, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> Did you eat them off the floor? Be honest. <laughs> One, yeah, okay. <laughs> you deserved it after that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been such a treat. Genuinely, we, we, I had no idea how it would be in Brighton. I have loved it. I hope you have too. I will now read the thing that you do at the end of the podcast, all right? And then we, we'll all say goodbye and we can have a hug. Uh, so that was the live episode. Uh, thanks to the Brighton Podcast Festival. Thanks to Oliver, Louisa, Matt, Jim, and everyone else at the Old Market who sorted it out. Thanks to Asim for doing it. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson, who is here, for the graphics. And Lisa Lydon for the photography. And most of all, thank you all very much for coming. I will see you next time for more films to be buried with. But in the meantime, please be excellent to each other. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.